You're listening to Positivity Strategist. Welcome to our third season, where I'll be focusing on leaders and leading in an appreciative and positive way across a range of industries and professions. What does it mean? How do they do it? What results do they achieve for their people, their organizations, and their own careers? How do they inspire? This is Robin Stratton Burkessel, your host. Today, I'm speaking with a professional who is leading in a strengths-based, participatory, positive, appreciative way in the higher education sector. My guest is Donald Lachman, the eighth president of Champlain College in Burlington, Vermont. Don is committed to making Champlain a leader in educating today's students so that they can become skilled practitioners, effective professionals, and be engaged globally as as citizens. So, Don, I want to welcome you and thank you for spending time with me today. Well, thank you, Robin, for hosting me and for all the great work that you do. It's so wonderful. Thank you. So let me just provide a little bit more context, and then we'll get into our conversation. So Don's background encompasses higher education, business, and nonprofit sectors, and he brings a lot of experience to his role. For example, he's worked on large-scale transformational work. He's worked in economic development, in information technology, strategy development, human capital development, and operations. So a really well-grounded person who could be president of a college, I dare say. So I invited Don to speak to how Champlain College is using elements of appreciative inquiry and strength-based approaches to move Champlain forward. And it's, you know, it's quite a challenging time in higher education today. So specifically, Don uh, will speak to how appreciative inquiry is influencing the college's current strategic planning process and what appreciative leading means to him. So I feel very privileged to have Don here. And um, just to get started, Don, what's it like to be president of Champaign College? Uh, It is an amazing experience to be part of such a distinctive higher education institution. Uh, We're known uh, in the region for being nimble, uh, for being professionally focused. Uh, There's a lot of very uh, positive goodwill, both in our community and across the region for what Champlain does and how we have managed to change and respond to uh, various developments and economic forces over the years and how we continue to stay ahead of the curve. So it's an exciting place to leave. What's most exciting for you? Is there one area that you could say that your job allows you to to, um, show that excitement? The favorite part of my work is when I get to work with students. Uh, That's where I get my energy. Whenever I need a boost, I go down to our cafeteria, uh, sit down with a random group of three or four students who had no idea they were going to have lunch with the president of the college. And I just engage them in discussions about uh, what's going on in their lives, what their dreams are, why they came to Champlain, and what we're doing to help them achieve those dreams. And it is the favorite part of my job and really why uh, all of us are here. Uh, People who work in higher education are committed to the transformational experience that this, uh, that their college, uh, students' college experience gives them. 
And I feel that very deeply in my interactions with students. So that's the favorite part of, of what I do here. Well, that's great. You're really keeping in touch with your one of your customer base, your students. That's so good. And I know, Don, that just over a year ago in a town hall meeting, you invited the entire community to begin a conversation to reimagine Champlain and to set a vision for 2025. And I have a couple of curiosities around that. So firstly, who was included in the community? So the community includes our faculty, the staff, uh, the trustees of the college, our trustees uh, who form the governance of the college, uh, students, and then for a community conversation that we held, uh, we also invited employers, parents of students. Uh, we invited our online students. We have a fairly large online presence. Uh, they were invited to participate in the conversation, as well as many of our community partners. Uh, and when I say employers, I mean employers who employ our students in internships or for employment after graduation. So we, we really tried to bring uh, the whole to this conversation. Uh, everyone who uh, either uh, interacts with us or does the work here or benefits from that work uh, so that we had a meeting of the whole as we had this conversation about the college's future. Yeah, that's beautiful. And what was the impetus for you to go that route? You know, what might have been some of the influences? So as I, I know you know, uh, Champlain College is the Center for Appreciative Inquiry. Uh, we host the David L. Cooperwriter Center for Appreciative Inquiry uh, here at the college. And Lindsay Godwin, uh, we're very fortunate to have Lindsay Godwin on our faculty, and Lindsay leads that center. So Lindsay has actually influenced me uh, since before I arrived at Champlain in both uh, educating me as to the power of appreciative inquiry, as well as helping me understand the methodologies and tools we can use from AI to inform our leadership of the college and our strategy development. And so I have wanted, uh, really since I arrived here five years ago, I've wanted to have a, a conversation of the whole so that we could tap into the energy, passion, excitement, and good ideas across our community to understand how we are going to navigate these very interesting times in higher education. And so I would say, Lindsay, the center, uh, certainly in my discussions with David Cooperider over the years, uh, they have had a major influence on my, my vision of how I want to move the college forward. Are there um, other institutions or colleges where you know that appreciative inquiry and other positive approaches are being implemented and become part of the curriculum and the modus operandi and so on? Yeah, so a little over a year and a half, or a little under a year and a half ago, we hosted a steering committee for uh, uh, the World Positive Education Accelerator, which was held in Fort Worth, Texas last June. And so in September of 2017, we convened uh, 100 people from 18 countries to help us plan what we call the WPEA. And it was there that I first heard the story of Tech Millennial, which is uh, a university in Mexico. They've got several locations uh, around Mexico. And I met their president, Hector, uh, and engaged in several discussions with him about how he has used positive education uh, and positive organization to develop their vision on how they want to lead in Mexico and delivering education for their students. 
he attributes positive education to transforming students' experience, uh, as well as faculty and staff experience at Tech Millennial. And he has been a great uh, mentor, I would say, to me in that, uh, in that journey. Um, I've also uh, looked at the work of Anthony Selden and the work he's doing in the UK as he uh, seeks to transform his institution. And so both of them have been influential to our efforts here. That's great that you bring those up, Don. And what I'll do is in our show notes that I produce after the recording for people to read, I'll put links to um, both those things that you mentioned because, um, yes, I think they're, they're great influences and people might be interested in finding out more. And that's on positivitystrategist.com slash 109. So if people are listening then and they want to learn more, they can go and find these links. So, Don, I just want to go back again to when you were talking about the invitation to the wider community to participate so that you had a vast range of stakeholders there. Do you have any sense of who, what the majority was, you know, that attended? I'm just curious about that one. Was it students? Was it, you know, faculty? So it was truly a cross-section. We we actually hosted our board meeting over those two days. And so all of our trustees were engaged. Uh-huh. Um, we had about 300 people in this one center and we've got 25 trustees who were there. We had a, uh, a lot of faculty in one of the rooms. We actually held this uh, conversation across three different modalities. One was at a convention center uh, outside of Burlington. One was on campus and another was online. And so we, we created a virtual room that people could participate in and respond to appreciative questions that we were asking about the future of the college. Uh, so I don't have exact numbers around how many faculty versus staff, students, community members, but I would say it was, it was fairly balanced, um, in terms of the, the participants, uh, based on the, on the feedback that I have read through. Mm, yeah, that's good then. And what did you learn? at the time that people seem to have most energy or excitement for in terms of strategy development and a vision? You know, what what were people really kind of gathering around and wanting to be part of in those conversations? We uh, determined that uh, there is a lot of energy around our mission, vision, and values, and that we have an opportunity to visit our conception of what our values are that drive us as an institution and how we conceive of our mission to serve students. So there was a, there was a fair amount of energy around reimagining our mission, vision, and values. In addition to that, I would group the energy into four distinct, what I now call foundation areas. Mm -hmm. Uh, And areas are thriving students, flourishing community, academic and professional purpose, and a fourth foundation we call adaptive infrastructure. And I can go into that more, but that's what people talked a lot about uh, over the course of the uh, community conversation days. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd love to uh, for you to expand a little bit on each of those. And before we go there, I'm also curious to know, because, you know, as consultants or practitioners and facilitators, we co-design with a client group, you know, what 
the gathering might be or the summit might be or the conference. And then we go away and you're left with, well, how do we now implement all of this? How do we sustain that momentum that people get so excited about and they come up with all the opportunities and ideas? How do we make sense of all of that? So I'd like for you to share with us, um, what's your sense about how well you're sustaining that heightened energy at the time and and how you're doing that? So we first, started the journey, if if I can talk about the whole journey, we first started the journey uh, from that steering committee for the WPEA going into the WPEA, very intentionally bringing 50 faculty, staff, students, and trustees into the World Positive Education Accelerator discussion. And we had a distinct Champlain College stream of work where we invited our guests that we had brought down to Fort Worth to participate in setting the stage for this community conversation. And we engaged some consultants to help us through that process. Uh, And Joan and Jeannie were instrumental in helping us through that process. And when we came out of the WPEA, uh, I said to them, I want to have this community conversation. And I am very conscious of the fact that previous efforts at the college where we had a summit or a similar type of conversation uh, did not lead to sustained energy and outcomes that people could point to. And so I wanted to ensure that we not only were gearing up for the community conversation in October, but that we had already mapped out a plan for how we were going to carry what we learned in the community conversation forward into our strategic plan that we would then bring to life. And so using the data that we gathered at the community conversation, and we have over 90 pages of data that we collected, we identified the four foundation areas that I outlined, as well as mission, vision, and values. And we have now launched five teams who are developing uh, those foundations at greater levels of detail to uh, provide us with recommendations on what we need to do in each of those areas so that we can uh, create a strategic plan that will guide Champlain through 2025 uh, based on the work of these foundation teams. Mm -hmm. And so those foundation teams, is there a unified or consistent structure as to how each of those independent teams um, are then working on the foundations that tie into your values as well? So um, you mentioned flourishing community, for example, is one such foundational strategic area. So does that have the same organization that the academic and professional purpose group has? So there is a consistency running through? That's what I'm trying to establish. Yes, we, we had 80 people who stepped up who said they wanted to be on one of these teams. Each team has a uh, process leader and a team leader who is responsible for organizing the conversations of each of the foundation teams, as well as an executive sponsor who are members of my cabinet. Um, I should also mention, to to round out the picture, we are very conscious that each of these teams are going to come up with, uh, we're confident they're going to come up with great ideas and recommendations. We want to ensure that each of these teams is considering issues of diversity, equity, and inclusion 
in their in the formulation of their recommendations. And so we have each of these teams checking in with our leadership in DEI to help inform their specific recommendations around their foundation area. We also have a separate effort uh, that we call leading through financial realities. So to the extent that a team is coming up with a recommendation that would require additional resources, we want to understand the implications of that. And conversely, if they come up with ideas that we think could be real revenue opportunities for us, we want to factor that into the overall plan that we develop. Because we have executive sponsors who are members of my cabinet sitting on each one of these foundation teams, the cabinet has an opportunity to bring back to our uh, cabinet meetings what they are hearing out of each of the teams so that we can share across the five teams what it is that those teams are learning, what the emerging recommendations are, and how we may want to move those forward. Uh, so the, the structure of each of the teams is similar. We have a, we have a template that each of the teams is using. Uh, the technology we're using, if your listeners are interested, is Google Docs. So we have shared drives where all of the resources and materials from the community conversation, as well as other external materials, particularly on positive organization, are available to the foundation teams. And then we post all of that information out of each of their meetings. We're sharing that across the team so that each of the teams can see what the other teams are considering. And we're, uh, we're uh, charging leadership to understand their specific areas so that we can share across the teams and identify what major emerging themes are so that we can then take those in April to our board of trustees for discussion. And then as we frame out the plan more fully in June, have a deeper discussion at our uh, board of trustees meeting uh, in anticipation of writing the plan over the summer and then presenting it for final approval to the board in October. Wow, that's very clear. Mm-hmm. And I love the words that you're using. For example, you know, you talk about flourishing community and then with academic and professional, it's about purpose and then it's adaptive infrastructure being very important today that you're very adaptive and then thriving students. So this this language is appreciative, you know, through this, the work that we know about appreciative inquiry. And so... Um, are there any other things that you're doing where you're either embedding or integrating some of the appreciative inquiry principles and practices throughout this process? So I have a woman uh, leading this overall effort, Laurel Bongiorno. She has her appreciative inquiry certificate. Uh, she has actually stewarded many of her own uh, faculty and staff through that uh, certificate process. And Laurel brings an AI mindset to much of this work. And so as we were developing the questions that we wanted each of these foundation teams to address, we framed them uh, in ways that we, we felt were appreciative mm. um, and, and appreciative in the truest sense and that reflected the principles of appreciative inquiry. So I, I would say inquiry in the truest sense. We, we want to both uh, build on our strengths and be cognizant of our challenges and some of the things that we know we could do well. So framing uh, what Lindsay tells me are the critical questions in an appreciative way, we know will lead us to solutions that help us build on these strengths. So that's one way in which we are 
uh, embedding those concepts and the, the approaches into the work of the foundation teams. And we also use that in our uh, community conversation. We, mm. we launched that with a number of questions that we, we felt were grounded in an appreciative inquiry framework to help people dream about what the future could hold. Yeah. And what does appreciative leading suggest to you or mean to you? So for me, uh, let me start from the personal and then move out to the institutional. Uh, I, I have, for the past several years, uh, tried to understand the strengths that I bring to leading the college. I've taken the Gallup Strengths Finder, the VIA Strengths, and I believe that I have a, a deep understanding of the strengths that I bring to leadership of the college. And I uh, work hard to use those strengths in my leadership. And also now as I move out to uh, the institution, understand the strengths of my team so that when appropriate, I can call upon different players to, to fulfill the roles necessary to move us forward. And then as we develop these strategies and as we, we go through the things that we may want to move forward, trying to refocus people back on the traditional strengths of Champlain and then pushing the envelope forward so that we can build on those strengths and take us to the next level. Um, there, there is always a sense of people wanting to uh, rush into what's wrong and fixing problems. And that's, that's necessary work that we have to do. But even when we have to address a, a momentary crisis or a uh, fairly negative development, we do want to take a step back and say, uh, what are the strengths that we as an institution bring to this challenge? And how do we, how do we use those strengths to address that challenge in ways that are going to uh, both sustain us, address the issue and, and help us grow? So it is, uh, I, I'll be honest, it, it's hard to keep doing that many times. It, it's a challenge to always think about reframing issues that they are the, the crisis of the day in ways that uh, are appreciative or that are strengths-based. Uh, and I think it's important to uh, take a step back or to, to be open to when one of my team suggests that we do that, to, uh, to do that work from a strengths approach. <laughs> I had a huge smile on my face when you said that, you know, you'd taken the strengths finder and taken the VIA um, survey and so on. So that to me is, says a lot. I mean, you know, it's really walking the talk, as they say. So um, fabulous. What is your top strength? Uh, well, I think of them in pairs. I think of responsibility <laughs> and learner as my top strength. And learner. Okay, there you go. That's fantastic, Don. Right. And you mentioned just in passing dealing with challenges or setbacks or adversity and so what's your strategy for tapping into your own resilience when required or overcoming that resistance or skepticism that may exist about using these approaches in the work that you're doing how do you find energy and and, and strengthen yourself sure so uh physically i try to work out every morning and that uh is important because it's the one positive accomplishment that I can look at all day long and I feel good that I could check that off my list. <laughs> uh, 
Second, I have taken to keeping a gratitude journal so that I can reflect each day on what are the things that I am grateful for. And those tend to be uh, issues here at the college that where we're moving forward and making progress. A third, as I mentioned before, I get great energy from our students and I find that even when we are at our most negative or engaged in our most challenging conversations, if we anchor back to what it is that we are trying to do with students, that tends to uh, be a common goal and mission for everyone at the college. Uh, people are here, people are in higher education because they believe in the transformative power of what we do for students. And so uh, in the most challenging conversations, if you anchor it back to why we are here, what is our purpose? And how do we connect that institutional purpose with each individual's individual purpose? Uh, my hope is that we can help uh, everyone at the college find meaning and purpose in their lives, at least in their professional lives, so that we can work towards common goals. That's beautiful. You know, that notion of meaning and purpose is so intrinsic to living a life worth living and flourishing. So fabulous. And maybe in conclusion, if there was a wish that you had that um, others perhaps leading educational institutions thought about when it comes to bringing out the best in themselves, their students and their whole community, what might it be? I think that the leaders who I look to, who uh, have the greatest influence on me, are the ones who have a deep sense of their institution, the strengths of their institution, and how it serves their students and how they fulfill or help their students fulfill meaning and purpose in life. And so uh, in higher education, keeping that front and center, I think, will serve us well in, in challenging times that we are all living through. And that when it is at its stormiest, uh, having that constant North Star is a wonderful way to refresh yourself and to remind yourself uh, why we are privileged to have these amazing roles and privileged to uh, have the opportunity to work with students. Very lovely. Thank you, Don Lockman, for sharing your experience with us, with the students at Champlain College. I really appreciate your being a guest on the show today. Thank you. And thank you, Robin. This has been a pleasure to uh, talk about the college and what we're doing. It's my favorite thing in the world, so I appreciate your uh, curiosity. If you have questions or ideas that you'd like to hear discussed on upcoming episodes and possibly participate in our show, go to positivitystrategist.com forward slash podcast where you can submit your ideas or leave me a voicemail. I will respond. And also, if you appreciate this show, I'd love you to share that by leaving a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Also, you can be notified of new episodes by email. Links to all these suggestions are available on positivitystrategist.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening and remember, what you focus on grows, 
So grow towards your best.